Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Bug Eyes Rock Pop Rambles. This is episode 17 and this week... Yes, it's Angela again, but I'm not all by myself. I've got my little play friend, Kerry. Little play friend? My not little sure play friend. You look my little friend. <laughs> well, you're little on the screen, so I can call you little. Oh, I see. Fair enough. Yeah, it's just a little box. Were you Were you lonely last week? I was. It was. It was actually really odd doing it um, by myself. It It wasn't. It wasn't unenjoyable, to be honest. It was still. It was. I, I got to play more new music, which was great. Um, cool. especially um, Animal Breakdown, which I, you know, I've I've got this list of bands that I've wanted to play, and they emailed us such a long time ago, so it was nice to finally be able to to play them because I do really like that song Night Garden. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was it was hard actually because there's no going off on a ramble like having a chat. It's more like I'm just going to tell you about something, and that's it. Yeah. Really, I have to. I have to be honest with you. I haven't listened to it yet because I feel like I have to listen to you talk enough. If I'm honest, and I don't know if I want to <laughs> just listen to you. You're just jealous, talk. really. You're just you're just scared that you'll hear the mighty fine quality and and realise <laughs> oh, she doesn't need us. Sure. <laughs> anyway, Kerry, I would I would say it's good to have you back in London, but like, there's no difference really, man. You could be anywhere, really. You're just on a screen, but you've you've moved back. How how is I it? I have. It's good. I'm very happy to be back. It was it was time. It was time to return from the countryside, and uh, come back to to the city and back to my life. So I'm feeling feeling good about about being back at the moment. Yeah, it's cool. So what did you get up to? Were you part of the um, of the <laughs> the set of the sequel of coronavirus? In Soho last night, <laughs> as much as you may have uh, expected that to be to be something I would do, being the alcoholic that I am, no, no, I wasn't last night. But I did go out into the world today. I may have been into some pubs and even a restaurant today, ah, which was all very exciting. Fancy, and, and fancy, and not, not busy at all. It was all very cool. um, civilized and social distanced, and absolutely fine. And it was brilliant. It was so much fun. I actually got a bit emotional <laughs> at one point I was just like not quite on the verge of tears but like nearly just being like it's so nice to be in the world and do yeah. a normal thing yeah we kind of just um, wanted to go back to to normal I had a bit of an emotional um day the other day when they, they talked about Leicester going back into lockdown and I just I almost cried right because I just thought this is never going to end, is it? This is what it's going to yeah. be. It's just going to be one minute we think life's going back to normal. Not that I live in Leicester, people, but it's, you know, it, it's in the UK and it's happened there. It can happen anywhere. Uh, it's happening in Australia. And, and just, you know, it's things like when, when will this just, is, is this the end of society as we know it? I know. I mean, possibly, you know. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, if they got this under control, I can see that everything's going to go back to normal. But, you know, then you start going, well, what if they don't? Are we going to be fast becoming, like, bloody out of episodes? Um, what's it called? Ready Player One, the film where we're just in our it is, virtual headsets. Yeah. 
it I mean, is that just would be pretty cool, like, to be honest, wouldn't one? <laughs> in a way, but like just actual human contact is what I miss the most. I just want to get back to, yeah. you know, life where you can meet up with your friends and give them a hug and can go to a gig and stand next to somebody. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's the most basic thing um, that I am just missing so much, like just to be able to touch people in a not weird yeah. way but <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> Ke- Kerry used to Wasn't use the excuse of being in a crowd just to <laughs> so she's not like that just, at all I, just, I <laughs> walk through crowds stroking people's faces no but you know should be allowed to to some extent no I'm kidding um I've gone somewhere weird with this so I didn't mean to go. Um, <laughs> my point being that yes like I'm terrified like I'm terrified of if we have to go back into into lockdown again you know it start it's starting to feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel but yeah um people do act like idiots and there is every chance of there being a second spike and I think especially if that happens over winter it's just going to be so fucking depressing well I think it's it's going to happen before then isn't it I mean the scenes last night um from Soho you I mean if if they're true you know when you just go I'm even questioning what's real and what isn't. Oh, right? I know but, me too. But like those photos, um, if if that's you know not a picture from last year that someone's decided to just post up and that did yeah. actually happen last night, then you know you just think, what are, are people stupid? Like, are they For seriously sure. selfish and stupid to be in in that close? Pro- like it was like busier than what Pride normally, like any sort of yeah. street festival is. It was literally people shoulder ch- like I would not feel comfortable with that, but but I can understand that people have seen this as you know pubs are opening and they're taking their chances, and who knows what those people have been through that they felt that that was appropriate to do that. So I, I probably shouldn't judge, but yeah, I can't I help but have, judge because for sure. It's like, I really don't want to go back into lockdown. No one does. Yeah. People are losing their jobs left, right and centre because of, you know, businesses going out of business before lockdown. Like, can you please just try and be sensible? For sure. Like you say, like, I have, like, an amount of sympathy because I do, it is understandable that people are just desperate to, to get out yeah. and have some, you know, semblance of of their lives back and I can totally understand that and I feel the same way but it was pretty obvious to me that the time to do that was not going to be yesterday because there were going to be people that were going to take it too far I just don't understand you know if you were to turn up to that scene surely what you do is you turn around and you go home well that's, you know that's what, I mean? what I'm or you, yeah you find somewhere else that's not packed with people but I think as, as bad as it looks when you look at those photos I do think you have to remember that that's still not the majority of people. No, of course not. But that's what I was saying to you is in like, you know, this photo has been posted obviously to prove some kind of point or, you know, I I mean, I'm slowly descending into the world of conspiracy theories. I have to tell you. (laughs) It's hard Um, not to right now. No, but just as in, okay, well that's been posted for, like if there is, you know, the government can easily just sit back and go, I told you to keep your distance, but you could be trusted. Second wave, it's your fault. Well, you know, maybe, uh, I don't know, restrictions should, I I don't know. I I, I go from from one view to the next with this because I really do want to get out and about. And part of me is a bit jealous for not being at a festival vibe party, but I wouldn't have done it because I'm worried about 
the repercussions of that. But um, but you you are right. Like the scene, the the street that they showed was was one one part of one a street, street right? where there yeah, was a exactly. big crowd of people. And then the news reports say it was you know it was many streets and you know they'd stopped traffic and and all of this. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But then you know. But I was supportive of of protesters, although they were wearing face masks and being sensible with with that. It's just it's just such a weird situation, isn't it? Because you sort of feel really torn with with what your view should be on it, and I'm yeah, just constantly exactly. a little bit like confused. Although I, I still, you know, I don't know that having a party in a crowd in the centre of London was was really a good idea but well no obviously say, I don't know thing, the, no I yeah. I think it was it was wrong I think anyone who turned up and saw it should have turned around and gone home um but at the same time I do have a bit of sympathy yeah because at the end of the day I would love to be in a crowd of people exactly you know so mixed yes. mixed feelings but, but talk, um talking about it, conspiracies I just watched um and this is this is the thing. I never remember the title of anything, even if I've just uh-huh. watched it. So I have to look this up. But um, I'm sure someone listening will have seen this. The um, oh, I'm just scanning through Netflix now. It's the documentary about flat Earth. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, I finally watched it. It was a while ago. It's it, so mental. <laughs> I, I love the fact that. They they do these experiments to try and prove that Which, the Earth's flat, yeah. and every time they do it, it proves the Earth not to be flat. But they they um, are still hell bent on no, the Earth's flat. Yeah, so they'll try the and find another it. experiment. It's it's brilliant. That is what I love so much that they do the experiments. They all fail and do not prove their point, and they just refuse One, to accept it. Why would anyone lie about it? Okay, I, my brain started going to some sort of. I mean, not that I think this is true at all, but like you know, over the ice caps, there's like other worlds and things like that. <laughs> fucking amazing, right? Um, but it's just not true. Um, mm. But like, why? Why would people lie but also even even if the world is flat it doesn't change anything does it on our day-to-day and I don't understand why there's this this community of people they're like people who believe the earth are flat they're more in touch with you know their emotions like what all this kind of like we're together I, I don't know I don't know it's just the most bizarre bizarre it's really bizarre but um yeah it's uh the time it's the time right now for conspiracy theories isn't it i love them i love them i love them i love them too but it's when you start to see people you know get going a bit too far into them well people Um, that actually believe yeah exactly yeah um yeah anyway on with the show we're not talking about conspiracy theories today (laughs) i really 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 do want to do another show like that though I've, I've, we I've got, got many, many that I want to do. So today I'm going to be um, talking about one hit wonders, but not loads of them. I've picked two and I'm going to do just two. Do, just two. You. Um, and I'm actually going to do um, every now and then I'm going to pop up again with some one hit wonders. <laughs> uh, no, because I think I think they're fascinating. I think they're fascinating. Yeah. Um, and so I've picked one that I think is a terrible song. Okay. And one that I think is really good. And I'll, I'll cover those. I'm not going to tell you what they are 
just yet. And then I'm, I've got um, my new artist discovery. It's not really a new artist discovery because I've known about her for a while now, but I want to play Alibi by Miss Mohammed, who cool. I think is awesome. How about you, Carrie? <clears throat> I am actually also sort of talking about a one-hit wonder. Um, I'm going to talk about the song um, Louie Louie by The Kingsman and why it was the subject of a two-year FBI investigation. Now, that sounds like something I would really like to hear about. <laughs> I'm automatically I going, I don't know this one, and I'm, like, jealous that you found it. <laughs> so, yeah, so I reckon you're going to enjoy this one, Angela. And uh, my new music discovery this week um, is Madame So um, and the song Generation Y. Oh, you naughty little thing. Because I was looking at Madame So today. Um, Were you? Yeah, and I, I just thought, definitely, definitely, definitely one for the list. Um, Snatched it my up, list is, Yeah, you did, you did. It's also, like, me and Paula, we were chatting about, because we're, we're doing, we're researching a bigger show in the background of doing other shows. And it's, it's one that we feel that needs a lot, a lot more detail. Um being researched in it which will probably end up being the same length as any other show and you won't even notice that we actually made the extra effort but there you go but yeah she was going oh I want to do Grace Jones I'm like no no you're not I'm halfway through the memoir not doing Grace Jones so little hint I'm going to be doing Grace Jones soon Uh, but that's not the big show piece but um so I think should we start with some new music and I'm gonna say can I play Miss Mohammed and then you kick yeah. into your story? Sure, that, let's do right? it. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so this is Miss Mohammed with the song Alibi.
So that was Miss Mohammed, Ms. Ms. Mohammed, even. Sorry, I'm from East London. I don't pronounce anything <laughs> correctly. Um, so Ms. Mohammed was basically born in Trinidad. So she's of Indian descent, but she's now a resident in London. Her music is kind of feminist, sort of, I don't know, what would you say? She sort of pushes boundaries. And I just think she's basically dead cool and talented. And I think with the song you just heard and actually if you listen to her other songs as well there's there's kind of I don't know a hint of PJ Harvey with a bit of Grace Jones Mm. sort of I think I think maybe that's just because I've been listening to Grace Jones through the research stuff I'm kind of hearing Grace Jones hearing Grace Jones and everything (laughs) but I don't know I just I just really think that there's there's kind of that just real sort of chic cool to this but a bit off the wall a bit sort of PJ Harvey, um, not to say that it's it's uncommercial or anything like that, because I think her stuff totally is. It just fits into that nice kind of um, left field sort of genre of, uh, sorry, you might have heard someone say something about licking. Um, <laughs> Julia's in the background and my dog's here and she's licking um, obsessive, obsessively. The, the sofa for some reason. So, uh, yeah, that's what that was. She's sitting on my green screen now. Oh, that's all right. I can hoover the hair off. That's okay. Do you want to come and say hello, Julia? Hello, Julia. Julia's here. Come, come, come talk on the podcast for a moment. Hello. Hello. You can hear me. Julia. Julia's actually going to do a show. Oh, oh, oh my no. God, she's just broken the green screen. And <laughs> <laughs> we were going to do a live green screen broadcast. To be clear, um, that's nearly the dog that's broken the green screen, not me. Uh, <laughs> How long has she been back? Three hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Julia is going to um, be on the show soon. And what are you going to be talking about, Julia? Oh, we'll just have to wait and see, won't we? Oh. <laughs> All right, anyway... Anyway. Some wonderful designers that design marvellous music art. And no, it's not um, the obvious one. Who's the obvious one? Who's oh, linked to... Peter Blake. No, well, no, I wasn't going to say... That is an obvious one, yeah. but let's not give it away. Let's not give it away. I was going to say someone else, but <laughs> don't do it. Who's the obvious one, then? The one that's linked to music and hmm. fashion and things like Andy Warhol. Oh, I didn't, yeah, no, I wasn't thinking of him. No, no. yeah. So, so we'll, we'll all well, join the show. Him, we can add him to the list. We can add him to the list. So we're going to do a show about someone that you've never heard of. No, I'm joking, you will have heard of this person. <laughs> and, uh, sorry, I'm doing that. I'm making up for last week's show where I was on my own. Trying to talk to everyone all at once this I'm, time. I'm, I'm inviting everyone Me, in. Julia, Well, you know, dog. there was parties in Soho last night. I'm thinking, you know... Can I can bring the seventy year old neighbour in from next door, have a little chat. <laughs> I think you and, should. Uh, yeah, see how she is. Brilliant. Uh, face masks on. Don't get too mm-hmm. close and all that. Mm-hmm. Perfectly safe. 
one of a household. We're allowed to do that, aren't True. we? Yeah. True. Wouldn't be so, against the rules. Not sure she would be my first choice of person to invite round, but you know, <laughs> she's just for ease. She's right there. True. Anyway, apology. She's very lovely, and Anne, if you're listening, which you won't be listening, hello. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> hello. You never know. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Kerry. Um, enlighten me. I'm really intrigued. Right, right. Yeah, we're doing a podcast, aren't we? I forgot for a second there. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so if I say the song Louis Louis by the Kingsmen, do you actually know what song I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay, cool. Do you want to sing re- it? Not really. <laughs> do you reckon that we can play a clip of it on this one? Or? Yeah. All right, so so listeners, this, we're just going to pause for a second. Here's the clip. back in the room beautiful um so the song uh, was originally written and composed uh by richard berry in 1955 who uh, was an american singer songwriter and musician who performed with a lot of doo-wop and close harmony groups in the 1950s so the song's a calypso style song the rhythm's based on rene touze's el loco cha-cha so that rhythm like the bum 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 Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that vibe. So that's from that song. Uh, and was also influenced by um, Chuck Berry's Havana Moon. Um, so the story goes that uh, one night waiting backstage at the Harmony Club ballroom, uh, Berry took the rhythm of El Loco Cha Cha and began to add lyrics, writing them on a piece of toilet paper. As you do. As you do. So, I mean, the song's been covered by countless bands, including um, Paul Revere and the Raiders, Frank Zappa, Motorhead, Black Flag, um, and loads and loads of others over the decades. But it became an international hit in 1963 when it was recorded by the Kingsmen, um, who were a garage rock band um, from Portland, Oregon. And the song held the number two spot on the Billboard charts for six weeks. Um, And I don't, I mean, it's pretty much a one hit wonder for them, right? Like, I don't think we know any other songs by the Kingsman, really, do we? (laughs) No. I think this was pretty much their moment. I I was actually just Googling it to go, well, Kerry, but... (laughs) Try and, like, come out with another banger I just looked at some of these and I'll be like, no, I don't don't know any of those songs. (laughs) So, um, the lyrics of the song... um, as in, like, from the, yeah, as when it was written by Barry, basically, the, the lyrics of the song tell the first person story of a Jamaican sailor returning to the island to see his lover, is what the song is about. So, when the song was recorded by the Kingsmen, um, the situation was basically that the singer Jack Eli was wearing dental braces when he recorded the song. The microphone was hanging like several feet above him from the ceiling with the band in a circle all around him, kind of playing their instruments loudly. And so the result was what is a pretty incomprehensible vocal. Like you cannot really work out the lyrics that he's singing. Like it all sounds pretty slurred and just like a jumble of stuff that you can't really work out exactly what he says. Um, And basically as the song became popular with teenagers, there were people who became concerned believing that the song contained obscenity. So I didn't particularly know this, mm-hmm. that part of the FBI's job is to fight obscenity. Really? So, yeah, that's okay. part of what the FBI is for, apparently, is to really? fight obscenity. 
Yeah, apparently, yeah. That's okay. Do, do you so, think, how much of their time do you think they spend on that? Well, I don't know. Well, in the case of this, a shockingly large amount is the answer. <laughs> so the father of a teenage girl basically wrote a letter um, to Robert Kennedy, who was the attorney general at the time. And I'm going to read you this letter because it's really funny. You basically have to imagine like old man voice. I'm going to do my best with it. But so, dear Mr. Kennedy. Yeah. Sorry, I can't read it now. I thought that. you were re- you were staring at me and I thought, oh, was that, was that <laughs> oh, sorry, supposed I to read out. something? Sorry, it's like, okay, so I'm, I'm looking at like a photocopy of the letter on the screen that's like done by like a typewriter. So it's just, I couldn't work out what the first word was, which just tripped me up for a second. Let's try this again. So, dear Mr. Kennedy, who do you turn to when your teenage daughter buys and brings home pornographic or obscene materials being sold along with objects directed and aimed at the teenage market in every city, village and record shop in this nation? It's all very dramatic. My daughter brought home a record of Louie Louie and I, after reading the record, had been banned from being played on the air because it was obscene, proceeded to try to decipher the jumble of words. The lyrics are so filthy that I cannot enclose them in this letter. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see these people, the artists, in quote marks, the record company and the promoters prosecuted to the full extent of the law. We all know there is obscene materials available for those who seek it. But when they start, <laughs> but when they start sneaking in this material in the guise, the latest teenage rock and roll hit record, these morons have gone too far. This land of ours is headed for an extreme state of moral degradation. What with this record, the biggest hit movies and the sex and violence exploited on TV. How can we stamp out this menace? <laughs> so this is the letter that was Bloody sent hell. to Robert Kennedy. Okay, So that letter <laughs> prompted, because the FBI's job is apparently to fight obscenity, one of their jobs, this prompted their investigation. So... They started to investigate the song. So some of the possible lyrics that people thought that they heard Mm. in the song, just for example of what is the sort of obscenity we're talking about here. So the second verse, people thought it might be, at night at 10, I lay her again, fuck you girl, oh, all the way. (laughs) Or possibly every night and day, I play with my thing, fuck your girl, all kinds of ways. So essentially, <laughs> people thought. But I mean, for the time, that would that would yeah, that would be very would be shocking. quite shocking. Seeing, I suppose. seeing as seeing as um, what was it? A couple of episodes ago, we did um, I did Etta James, and the fact that the word roll was yeah. so so controversial and got Crazy, the song banned, it? saying "fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just think that's hilarious. I'm trying to find somewhere in this in this document. It's got the actual lyrics. I'm just trying to find them. Uh, well, I know. Basically... I know who wrote. I know who wrote that letter though. It was my my next door neighbour Anne wrote the letter. <laughs> she's been, that's she's the been writing letters about so this always, podcast. There's always there's always links in our shows. People, no, she didn't really write it. For those naive to believe what I say. So. I think, so the actual lyrics of the second verse are Three nights and days we sailed the sea Me think of girl constantly On the ship I dream she there I smell the rose in her hair 
those are I actually mean, what the lyrics that are. actually makes a lot more sense than the, the kind of play play sure. thing fucking all the girl that just, what <laughs> i mean to be fair you really cannot make out what the hell jackie lie is singing right so anyway so what is nuts about this is that the fbi spent two years analyzing the song okay <laughs> two years in the space of the, I don't really understand how they spent two years on this, okay? I mean, in that two years, they basically ran experiments, which entailed of like trying to play the song at different speeds to try and see if they could make out the words better. They tried playing it backwards to see if there were like hidden messages in it when it was played backwards. Um, but whatever they did, uh, they could not make out what the lyrics were. And they didn't think to just ask the artist or like... Exactly. You know, the worst thing you want to do, you know, not the worst thing. I mean, you know, the easiest thing to do if you you don't believe him saying is get him to come along with his band, play it and articulate a little bit clearer, clearer even, of what he's he's singing. And you go, oh... Exactly. So in, in the space, in the space of a two year investigation that involved however many agents or whatever running these pointless experiments at no point did they contact jack eli who sang the song (laughs) at no point did they just contact him and say what did you sing on this song because he'll just lie he'll lie kerry that's but even if even so you still contacting him and ask you don't you don't have have a suspect in a murder investigation and go oh Oh, there's no point asking them they'll just lie (laughs) no okay well can you imagine so bbc um introducing emailed us about um, our recent single, Blue Fire, that was played on the radio. And um, oh, yeah. <laughs> they emailed going, we just have to ask, is is there like a bit of a... a is, it, do you swear in this song? I was like, no, <laughs> I don't. It's very unfortunate. No, I don't say the word shit. I know it, it sounds, sounds like, like that. you do. Well, it sounds like I say, I've got the shits. It's like, I don't say that. <laughs> I mean, you wrote the song and sang it. You really only have yourself to blame. For I've that. got the shakes, is what I said. I've got the Judy Finnegan's. No, it's not about that. <laughs> but, got the shits now still. <laughs> but, but yeah. <laughs> It's like I didn't even realise that, but so many people have said, are you singing shit? It's like, well, listen to the lyrics. It's like, oh, it, it does actually sound like I sing that, but no, I don't. I haven't got the shit. I wasn't singing about having the shit. So, um, but, yeah, but they didn't They didn't get, like, MI5 to look into that song. <laughs> oh, no, exactly. This is the thing, right? This is crazy. This I is don't so think stupid. that would happen now, surely. But two well, years, no. I mean, two they'll... years of FBI time to investigate the song. And at the end of those two years, they came to the conclusion that the lyrics could not be determined by their lab experiments. And therefore, it was not possible to determine whether the record was obscene. So at the end of two years, they did not come to any conclusion on whether it was obscene or not. Like, like the flat earthers, after all of their experiments, even though they failed, we can't prove that the earth isn't flat so we'll just believe that it is (laughs) so um my favorite part of this whole thing is basically that jack eli did not sing any obscene lyrics in it it's just you can't i think he sang what the proper lyrics are of the song but you just can't make out what he's singing because of the way that he sang it and the scenario in which it was recorded but there is actually a piece of obscenity on the recording and but it's not the singer, it's the drummer. 
Lynn Easton. Um, so basically, the the um, the song was recorded in a single live take um, of the whole band playing, and fifty seconds in, Easton drops his drumstick and yells "fuck." It's bloody drummers! You say, drummers. and you can hear it. And if you know it's there, fifty six seconds in, if you listen really carefully, you can hear it. He shouts "fuck." <laughs> And at no point was that part of the investigation and that's the only swear word on it. So oh, I love it. That's brilliant. It's so good. So if you want to, um, I mean, it's not, there's not much more to see in it than what I've said, but you can go and you can see the FBI um, file on it basically online and I'll include the link to it. But that was what I was reading, like the letter and the lyrics off of. Um, but it's, it is a 119 page document of wow. their two-year investigation as to whether or not the song was obscene, at the end of which they came to no conclusion. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Cool. Um, do you want to do your story or should we do my new music now? Let's do your new music, actually. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, um, yeah, this week I have the song Generation Y by Madam So. Um, so let's give it a listen.
that was Generation Y by Madame So, um, who is a Paris-born, um, now London-based singer-songwriter. Um, and that song Generation Y is a reflection on how younger generations are perceived by their older counterparts and how this judgment snowballs from generation to generation. So every older generation seems to resent the younger, more forward-thinking ones, forgetting they too were once the younger generation and part of progress in the making which I think is a really interesting subject for a song and very relevant to, to right now. Well, it's relevant to every generation. Well, to always, ever, true. Yeah, always. I think, but I I think guess, it's a really great, it's, it's a great song. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I really love it sort of like, it's got quite like an old school punk almost sort of feel to yeah. it, but at the same time with like a real like indie pop catchiness. Um, yeah. Yeah, I spent, I spent ages yesterday just like listening to their stuff on Spotify on repeat and just got massively into it um, and was loving it. Because I missed their show at uh, Kick Out the Jams, because I wanted to go yeah. and see see them play, but uh, yeah, I missed, well they I played. I didn't realise until too late that a while, obviously a while back before lockdown, they played like just round the corner from my house, um, which I would totally have gone to if I'd known it was happening. But I just happened to see like the the pictures on the venue's um, site afterwards, and I was like, oh crap, I can't believe I missed it. It's so annoying. Uh, there's always a way though, and um, just. We, we, we've got a friend called Robin who... Does she still play bass for them? She plays um, she plays guitar for them live. Uh, always get the facts wrong, don't I? There we go. Yeah, always, we should always. totally should should go and see them play when we yeah, can. Yeah, they're definitely... They are high, high on my list for when gigs reoccur. Definitely. Um, so, 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 so. Before so, so, I go so. on... Madam So So So. Um, no, before I go on, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Ooh. If you are in a band and you'd like us to listen to your music and see if we want to feature it, please do email us at bugeye. No, no, that's not it. That's not please it. do email us at rockpoprambles at gmail.com. And also. What's the subject of oh the my email? God. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yeah, what was that? What would you like your email to say? What's happening? Siri on my phone just keeps <laughs> randomly coming on. <laughs> and Here's your message to rambles at gmail.com. Um, th- go away. Said, okay, no. I won't send it. <laughs> it's terrifying. Oh, Siri, you're terrifying. Hey, Siri. You're terrifying. Hmm. Is there something else I can help with? No, go away. <laughs> God. Right, turn that so on. So rude. Always that just scared me. the crap out of me. It was I'm it complete... was quite fun to watch you freak out just then. God, I just yeah. That's the conspiracy theory thing as well. Like I won't I won't have any of those like kind of, you know I'm just gonna talk to a speaker and Same. Uh, have it. Of it, listen feel, in yeah. to everything. I'm, I feel I feel like I'm listened to and tracked enough as it is just through I mean, having like a phone at all. I'm not really saying anything interesting. Well, no, there's there's really nothing still. I say that anyone would give a shit about. But still, you'd rather not. You know that your phone is like recording you all the time. Have you ever had the thing where you've like had a conversation with someone and then you see like you get an ad like related to what you were talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, happened. It was happening all the time. It, well, it felt like it was happening all the time a while back when I was living in Montreal, and then um, my parents had come to visit, and we were having a conversation with them about it. And my dad was like, "Let's test the theory, and let's keep talking about inflatable kayaks 
<laughs> see if we get <laughs> like try to pick something really random right yeah and let's see if we if we get any ads for inflatable kayaks so we kept trying to like put inflatable ca- kayaks into conversations but we know to be fair we never actually got any ads for inflatable kayaks so it didn't really work but so are you gonna keep trying to to prove that theory like the flat earthers yes absolutely just gonna keep talking about inflatable kayaks as much as i possibly can i mean it's a fun topic of conversation anyway and then do you think you might convince yourself that you actually want one and then you'll google search it and then you'll be targeted with some ads you'll never know you will never know was it the search result or was it your chat me me and my dad recently had a genuinely serious conversation about potentially buying an inflatable kayak this summer So at some point, I will probably go back to my parents to find that he has bought an inflatable kayak. So some businesses are going to go out of, uh, well, some businesses are going out of business, but not not inflatable kayaks because Kerry will keep you going. I'll just, yeah, I'll at least talk about it enough that I'll brainwash other people into buying inflatable kayaks. Well, I now now want one. You never thought about it before, right? And now you're like, actually, banging idea, inflatable kayak. Yeah, you know. I don't need to be any, near anyone, really, when I'm in it. So, exactly. Which would Perfect probably just be in my living room with it being <laughs> Just sitting, sitting in a flavourable kayak. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see you doing that. With Beth. <laughs> with the green screen. Pretending with the green screen. <laughs> with it still being green and not anything else. But I can look back at the video later and go, wow, yeah. <laughs> Deep sea kayaking or whatever it's called. I can totally see you just spending all summer pretending that you're doing exciting things in your inflatable <laughs> kayak with your green screen. Because I'm, so I'm so prolific on, on my own personal Instagram. I think the last time I posted <laughs> on there was like, how many months ago? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is it. This is You've just not been sure what to post. I've given well, you no, your no, perfect now, content now, idea now. It's, um, yeah, my adventures in my inflatable kayak. Yeah, exactly. Right, shall I... Should I go on to uh, my... Yeah, go on. Tell us about some one-hit wonders. Two. Two. Yeah, let's, see how, long, let's see how long you can spin this out for. <laughs> okay, well, there's two one-hit wonders I'm talking about. I'm going to name them and that's it. <laughs> go for it. Try. Try yeah. and only do that much. <laughs> I, I dare you. Okay. My first one-hit wonder that I want to talk about out of the two... Um, and guess whether I'm a, a fan of this. Well, I'm going to name them both, actually. Yeah, and I name want them both. You yeah. To guess whether I'm a fan or not. Okay, cool. Um, so, and I think you'll be surprised. Okay. Or will you? Um, no. Babylon Zoo, Spaceman, or Four Non Blondes, What's Going On? What was my yay? And what was my name? How does Babylon Zoo go? Spaceman. Ah! Always wanted you to go to space, man. <laughs> I want the other one now too. Oh my god! It's, it's like I've picked. I've picked like the vocal <laughs> extremes. It's one's really high, one's really low. It's the one that goes. Um, Twenty-five years and my life is still trying to get up that great big hill of hope. I don't know why I can't sing my own voice. <laughs> I don't know the words, but it goes. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know which one you're a fan of and which one you're not. I reckon. Oh, I don't know. It's hard. I was expecting it to be easier. Now I'm not sure. 
Really? I don't know, it's you. I don't... <laughs> so unpredictable. I like that. Thanks, Kerry. It's compliment. Not, not that you're unpredictable, just that your taste is questionable. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my version of what I thought you were saying. <laughs> so usually for the best, keeps us friends. Um, all right, I'm going to say that you like the what's going on and you don't like the other one well done Kerry well done you do know me after all I do I do right okay so um so yes I'll start off with Babylon Zoo Spaceman this song featured back in the day well um back in the day that would be 1996 and it was on a Levi's commercial now Levi's have um been synonymous with doing this sort of thing of of kind of launching bands and really taking advantage, not taking advantage in a bad way, but really understanding the um, the value and the opportunity of using great music right. in adverts. And I mean, this started back in 1985 and they, they ended up releasing um, some compilation albums called The Originals Collection. They started off ex- with, with things like um, Marvin Gaye, Heard it through the grapevine and sort of played on the whole sort of um, James Dean sort of, you know, cool dude uh-huh. in a laundrette <clears throat> who takes his jeans off. Anyway, yeah, you know, you know the story. Um, you know, Percy Sledge, The Temptations, um, Benny King, Eddie Cochran, all of that sort of stuff. And then went into the kind of new music genre and actually made bands through, mm-hmm. you know, a band would feature on their adverts and they'd be hugely successful from that. And it was almost like people were thinking, what are Levi's going to do next? And then Pepsi and, and Coke um, also went on to doing a, a very similar thing. And I'm going to do a show based on on that because it's actually really interesting. Um, but that was a sidebar when I hadn't even finished the first sentence. I was so going to say, you're, going doing well. a, you're doing a great job of keeping this short. <laughs> Anyway, so Spaceman was pretty futuristic kind of space escapism with like fat guitars and rave like synths and it was blasting out and the vocals were like kind of placebo-esque, but even like, you know, Brian from Placebo on Helium, it was that high. Mm. And uh, and it was kind of like this really commanding song. And there was a great ad campaign that went out around that time with posters being fly posted, certainly in London, on the walls with a phone number that you could call and there was a picture of like an alien face on there and and you didn't really know what any of that was about and you called the number and it said something like, I don't know, we're coming or or, or some some shit like that. (laughs) Um, Anyway, the point being, it was a fantastic ad campaign and the song was so popular... Um, but when it was finally released, now keep in mind there's nothing like Spotify or yeah. or anything like that that you can like kind of sense check music before you buy it. <laughs> okay, so um, when the song came out, it went down in history as one of the fastest selling singles in the UK since the Beatles' Can't Buy Me Love. Wow. That 30 second clip yeah. was enough that people were like, this is incredible. And actually, if you listen to the first 30 seconds, you do go, oh, that is that is a great song. Probably not now, but back back in the day, yes, yeah. it sounded so different, but so catchy and cool. 
Um, and the guy singing it, Jazz, or um, I think his name was Jazz, yeah, looked like an alien. Um, obviously was stylized to look like that. But uh, so people bought it, but then but they bought it having only heard 30 seconds of the song. And unfortunately, after the first gripping 30 seconds, the song's pace completely slowed and turned into something a bit more sort of dirge and swampy. Um, yeah. Because yeah, I can only really... imagine the bit of like the, well, like, like the bit that you sang, right? I can't, I don't know what else happens in that song. And it's like, he's got this almost I, like. Yeah. I, was, I, re- I reckon I've probably never actually listened to the whole song. Oh, you well, no, well, that's the thing. People remember the first bit because yeah. the rest of it just goes into like, what, what on earth is? <laughs> I can hear sirens, Kerry. What have you done? Anyway, well, um, but the thing is, so it went from being, you know, one of the fastest selling singles ever to the most returned single, really ever, yeah. In the history of British music charts. So basically people wow. felt they'd been massively missold this song. And they actually returned and, it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to I be honest, it was completely misleading as to what the song was. I'm still, I don't know. I've never, I would never consider returning like a CD or something having bought well, it. Well, that just, that just shows you how outraged the British public <laughs> were. So where were Babylon Zoo from? Well, they certainly weren't from outer space. Uh, They're a British rock band from Wolverhampton who formed four years prior to the the single being released. And it was fronted by a guy called Jazz Man. And after the single hit slash flop, uh, the band were not really on track to having the kind of bright lights of fame that the Beatles had, let's say. Their album peaked at number six in the charts but Mm -hmm. quickly dropped out. Um... There were also like a number of absolutely terrible live reviews and the second album, they even went on to a second album after the first album pretty pretty much flopped. Um, their second album failed to make the charts and the band split up and man moved to India and he spent his time working for an aid agency after that. I mean, I don't know what he's doing now, but, um, but I covered, I just want to say this, <clears throat> I did the story of Big Star in the last episode, who uh-huh. at the time, although they did have rave reviews, were greatly unappreciated in in the sense of they didn't hit that commercial success because there was a distribution issue. And even when there wasn't, for some reason, it still just missed a mark. Maybe it's the same with Babylon Zoo. And in like another 10, 20 years time, we'll be going, oh, my God, they like totally inspired every band you're listening to now. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But I just, I, I just, I just thought I'd try and say give, give, give him, a, give him a kernel of hope in life. Yeah. So that was that was Spaceman, and uh, yeah, do I'll, I'll put it on the playlist. Which is, if you want to hear the songs from that we feature in the show, and also by the artists that we talk about, we do have Spotify playlists. That if you go to, if you search Bug Eye on Spotify. Um, click on the band and scroll to the bottom of our profile and you'll see our tagged playlists and uh, we'll make sure that this song, this song's in there as as well as anything else that we we talk about on the show. Um, So my second song is called What's Up, Not What's Going On. I keep making that mistake. It is by Four Non Blondes and it is an absolute tune. 
It is an absolute tune. It's brilliant. Anyway, um, it was taken from the album Bigger, Better, Faster, More, which I think, seeing that it came out in like the really early 90s, is is never more true than than today with yeah. um yeah so you know e- even then people were talking about consumerism and how out of control it is and it was nothing compared to to what it is now yeah for sure so um yeah so the song <clears throat> was the second single and it came out in 1993 it was a massive hit in a number of countries linda perry um of the band apparently never liked the production of the song all that of the album, to be honest. She said the album, when she first heard it, made her cry. It didn't sound like her or the band at all. They were made to sound fluffy and light and not kick ass um, like they normally would sound as a band in the gig scene. They were kind of a bit grungy, really. And I, yeah. I think you can, I think with what's going on, you can hear that. I mean, I think it's a fantastic song that does have a lot of oomph to it, but I suppose you can hear how that potentially is a lot lighter than it was originally meant to be and actually what she says is as for that single they absolutely hated the original production of it and really stood their ground and reverted back to linda's original demo of the song Mm. and re-recorded that obviously to fit the album yeah structure and and, and all of the progressions within that song were hers not the producer's and they did it in a day. And that song wow. sounds tremendous. I think yeah. it's incredible. It's, yeah, it's, well, I love it. You can tell. Um, <laughs> just, just a little bit. <laughs> anyway, it smashed its way very quickly to the UK number one spot and was a complete hit. It's been loved by many, but some critics think it's shit. And I just think, oh, Go away! It is such a that bit. Is such that was, a that was so, such a polite way to put it. Oh, go away! <laughs> well, it is. It's just so. Oh, well, it okay. So Carl Barrett named it the worst song ever. Really? I don't think it is the worst song ever. When no. I've just talked about bloody Babylon Zoo, come on! <laughs> All right. Um, sorry, fans of Babylon Zoo. I'm being really mean. Um, I mean, look, their their songs done better than anything I've ever written. So <laughs> should I knock them? But then you know what? People returned it. So true. As far as I know, no one's ever tried to return our music. Mm, yeah. yeah. Well, what yet? Yet. There's still time, <laughs> Kerry. Um, anyway, so the song. What's Going On has been featured in films like Wayne's World, Airheads, and actually more recently in the Netflix um, series Sense8. I don't know if you watched that. I haven't watched that. It's it's in that show. You don't need to watch that. Have show. you watched it's, it? Um, mixed. Yes, I have. Is it good? Um, it's, it's, I would say it's like, um, did you ever watch Lost? Yeah. But not as good in the sense that well, it starts off, it grips you. And you go, oh, well, what's what's going to happen? It's these people that can kind of jump into each other's bodies. I don't want to do too much spoilers, but I mean, that's abundantly clear from the first episode. Yeah. Um, but it kind of just doesn't go anywhere. Mm. Um, hang on a second. Julia just started playing something in the background. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm podcasting. Go to another route. Anyway, yeah. Um <laughs> Anyway, yes, yeah, so Sensei, so the, the jumping bodies and things like that is, uh-huh. is me not giving anything away. It's one of those TV shows that starts off with so much promise 
and uh, you go, where's it going to go? How's it going to yeah. end? What does this mean? <gasps> and it doesn't quite ever get there. I think yeah. they did two seasons and then it got pulled. And I watched both of them and I enjoyed them, but it was a bit like kind making of when- up as you go along. Yeah. I'm not talking about Lost, I'm talking about Sense8. I just said that. You're so late to the show. Uh, I don't think anyone can hear you. Anyway, um, I need yeah, to just give you a mic at your desk so you can chime in every now and then. Kind um, of um, one of those things where it's like a good concept, right? But just they never quite take it anywhere in the right way with the story. Yeah, and stylistically it was beautiful, the way it was shot. And, you know, it, it was it was great, but just didn't didn't quite in the storytelling capacity go anywhere but uh, yeah this song this song was was in in that show anyway um anyway so after the second album that the band did they split up in 1995 and front person Linda Perry went on to pursue a solo career which led to a successful career in production and songwriting and let's face it, she's pretty kick-ass as a songwriter. And if you don't know some of her credits, um, some of her work, even not just her credits, uh, I'm going to just just enlighten you as to how amazing she is. She's worked with Christine Aguilera. She wrote Beautiful. Gwen Stefani, Alicia Keys, Katy Perry, Hull, Pink. She wrote Get the Party Started. Did she? Yeah. Awesome. She's wrote so many hits. Um, And in 2011, Linda told Rolling Stone magazine that she never actually even liked Four Non-Blondes. She was bored with with the kind of, you know, the the direction it had gone with. And then also she was bored with producing songs for people that didn't really want to do anything left field. So the frustration led her to form a new band called Deep Dark Robot and her first band um, since quitting Four Non Blondes, actually, because after Four Non Blondes, she just focused on writing, got mm. bored with that, and then, then created this band. Um, she came to the idea of the band when she wrote a song that she knew no one else wanted. Oh, my God. My phone keeps going off. It's like you turn it on silent and it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> I was going to say, can you not just put it on mute? Well, that's that's what I've done. Like the little red light bits, it just... Just turn it off. And I'm just gonna. Ret- I'm gonna return it like that <laughs> soon. Single. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Just to finish off on her. So the idea for her forming the band came from the fact that she'd written a song that she she absolutely adored, but she knew that no one was ever going to record it because it was basically about um, her falling in love with this woman and how it quickly turned into some sort of emotional tsunami and ended. Um, ended so it wasn't a relationship that that kind of that was long lasting but uh even though it was quite a destructive relationship that person had been a complete muse to her and so you know i mean i looked up um deep dark robot see what i could find out about them because in in recent i didn't know that she had formed this other band um so I looked, I looked into it, and apart from eight tracks, which which were actually received really good reviews, and also at the time there seemed to be quite a bit of excitement about the band, um, they they didn't seem to really do anything after the you know from twenty eleven to twenty twelve, they kind of seemed to fall off the radar, which is which is a bit sad. So they kind of sort of just drifted away, never to be heard of again. Yeah, because I've never um, heard of them before. 
no, no. Like I say, like, you know, she sort of, it seemed like at the time from like Googling and looking back, she sort of not exploded, but like got like some decent. There was a buzz. Great publications excited about her coming back and excited about the record. But it just, yeah, just seemed to disappear. And one of the things she said was, um, with the band, interestingly enough, was, you know, she'd gone from Four Non Blondes to then this successful writing career to then being in that band and that band completely starting from from scratch. Yeah. Because a lot of people didn't know who she was. Mm. So it was a big, big shift in her ego because she was playing empty venues. Like, you know. Yeah. No one was there when they they started out gigging the stuff that they were going to release because no one knew who she was really, mm. um, or or the band. So it was it was quite a tough ride starting again. And you know maybe that that was it. Maybe it was like well it's 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 something I can't be I can't be asked with doing really building it again. I, I don't know, but yeah. So so listen listen give give the record a listen. Um, it's out there in the world of digital. So you can hear it. But also check out Babylon Zoo. Only the first 30 seconds. Well, yeah, I'm so... I totally want to go listen to that whole song now because I reckon I've... I don't... It's not a song I would ever have consciously decided I'm going to go listen to the song. So I'll only have heard it on, you know, if it's like in a film or something. I don't even know where I particularly know it from. I'm sure it's just from it being in like film and TV programmes or something. So I wouldn't be surprised if I've never actually heard the whole song. Well, I mean, even as I say, even look at the video, and it's it's really quite interesting. Like um, that, Levi's kicked off this whole kind of you know the the, the big players in um, consumerism, and, but fashion mm. brands. I'm going to say mm. fashion brands, like like diet drink brands, even diet not diet drink, soft drinks. Coke isn't diet um, anyway, <laughs> but like soft drinks brands, like yeah. playing off. There was this whole thing between Pepsi and Coca-Cola that started after they saw the success of what Levi's were doing, where they were spending, like, you know, the equivalent of what a film budget was Mm. on an advert. You know, just check out the Spice Girls um, Pepsi advert and you'll know what I mean. Like, that is probably one of the most expensive adverts that's ever been created. But just, just really, really fascinating. Yeah, I think the whole I don't know the whole nature of one hit wonders is tends to be quite fascinating, doesn't it? That like well, yeah. people manage to write this one song that for whatever reason hits the right nerve at the right time, um, yeah. and yeah, and just have this big moment of success, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's there's so many, I mean the things the list the list was so long of bands that I could have talked about. Um, but I just, yeah, I, I, I quite, you know, those those two songs just really jumped out at me because I, I really, one of them I really love and one of them I, I don't. Mm. But I just thought the whole marketing campaign and buzz around Babylon Zoo just shows the power of, yeah. of persuading people to buy something without them really knowing what they're buying. Yeah, for sure. Only the first 30 seconds and then the rest is just... Well, yeah. one hit, a lot of one-hit wonders are a bit like that, aren't they? It's sort of like they have their, the main hook of the song, which is why is the bit that everyone knows. It's happened to me a few times where, like, you go to karaoke after a few <laughs> beverages yeah. and... Uh, decide you're going to do a song that you think you know 
and then it starts and you realise you only know the chorus. You have absolutely no idea how the verses go. And the words are going across the screen. You have no idea what the melody is. <laughs> <laughs> but the things in that one hit wonder list though, right, there were there were there were people listed who they're not there they might be one hit wonders in the sense they only ever had a number one hit. But they've actually got really successful careers and a buzzy cool. Like they're not yeah, like for sure that's it they disappeared so i don't think they should be in that list so i need to cleanse that list of um... <laughs> yeah it's a mixed bag right you have the yeah the ones that i suppose were actually great songwriters but for whatever reason that particular configuration i suppose yeah. only worked in that one yeah. situation and then but then also i think it can be can be a band's um curse sometimes as well where they write some stuff that's that's great and then people just literally want the same thing mm-hmm. regurgitated and they're not allowed to do anything outside yeah. of that. And if they do, it's completely dismissed and they're a failure through that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's hard life, isn't it? It is hard. So hard. So hard. So hard. So difficult. <laughs> Been a one-hit wonder. <laughs> and then end up working in Craig's. love love you know what actually that's just that's kick started something in my brain i would really love a vegan sausage roll would you i totally turned my nose up at them originally because they look well they just look so like they look they look like they should taste awful but they don't but they don't Mm, it tastes good it's like one of our classic uh tour foods isn't it on the road stopping at service station few uh few greg's vegan sausage rolls well, I think I think we lived off them when we were recording the album, didn't we? As well, yeah. What? Well, that and going to the Greasy Spoon Cafe. Yeah. Mushroom omelette. <laughs> Lunch of champions. Oh, nice. I miss all of these things so much. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, I think I think before we just go off on some sort of we really probably, like, weird, yeah. discuss. Yeah. But let's wrap it up. We have a Patreon site, patreon.com slash bugeye, and tiers start from as little as £1, and we've got loads of bonus goodies on there. So from podcasts to free music, um, photos, blog pieces, all sorts of stuff. We're going to have some more video content going up there soon as well. And anyone that joins from now on will also get a little welcome pack from us. So do head on over there and have a little look. Uh, we're also on social media at Bug Eye Band on Twitter and Bug Eye Music on Facebook. And as I mentioned before, we do have an email account, which is rockpoprambles at gmail.com. So if there is a band or a story you want us to feature, please do email us there. Um, I, that was a ramble, just all of that. I know, that was, I was impressed, if I'm honest. I'm surprised that I remembered. I know, good effort. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've done it every week for quite a long time now 17 i know weeks. i'm thinking i'm thinking i need to mix it up i might like rap one week <laughs> oh my god do it as like opera <laughs> or i don't know pull I out a do. banjo and have a look we could do we could just we could do all of the housekeeping stuff in different themes each week if i tell you what i think if we get to uh i don't what number should we get? if we get to enough patrons i feel like you have to do a rap <laughs> <laughs> is, is that is that something you're gonna a rap yeah Think that, that, um, that can be done. That, that can be done. Be a thing. You, you don't know, Kerry. 
I'm I'm a lyrical genius. <laughs> <laughs> Even you can say that with a straight face. <laughs> I'm a wordsmith, me. Uh, right, um, we, 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 we've started again. Let's wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. We don't need to subject okay. people to It's this. great to have a co-host again. I love Woo! it, I love it. Um, times. Yeah, so thank you for listening once again. We really do appreciate everyone that listens. It's fantastic. And please do drop us a message and say hello and let us know what you think. But um, subscribe and share on social and hashtag us Rock Pop Rambles. It would make my day. No. Do you have anything else to say, Kerry? Not really. I'm quite tired and drunk, if I'm honest. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. It's uh, 25 past 11 on a Sunday night, so um, I I think that's acceptable to say goodnight now. Good night. And over and out.